Hey there, I'm Pete Townsend, and this is Money Never Sleeps. We look inside the minds of entrepreneurs and at the crossover of startups, enterprise, finance, technology, and life as we know it. Before we get started this week, just a quick heads up that if you're building in Web3, the next class of the Techstars Web3 Accelerator takes place in spring 2024, and applications are open now. As Web3 is global and borderless, so is Techstars Web3. Although most of the Accelerator content is delivered virtually, the class does meet up in person for a week at a time at the beginning, middle, and end of the program in different cities around the world. Jump on over to techstars.com slash accelerator slash web3 to apply. About six weeks ago, I went out to a bunch of friends in the web3 space, Tim Ferriss style, but I asked him one question instead of 11, which was, what is something that you'd like to see web3 founders solve, or if it's easier... What's something you'd like to see Web3 founders do more of or less of? And lucky me, eight of these friends came back to me with their response, either as a voice message or as a response to a question I asked them in a recent episode. So in this episode, we're featuring responses from John Hallahan from Fireblocks, Ari Yu from the US Blockchain Coalition, Jesus Inoma from i13 Ventures, Neve O'Connell from Casper Labs, Prashanth Swaminathan from Woodstock Fund, Sean Lee from the Crypto Council for Innovation, Clarice Higege from Defense, and Lou Kerner from the Crypto Oracle Collective. Let's get started with our Web3 wish list, all right here on Money Never Sleeps. First up is John Hallahan, a director in business solutions and advisory at Fireblocks, whose mission is to enable every business to easily and securely support digital assets and cryptocurrencies. John is also a fantastic mentor for the Techstars Web3 program and one of the Irish blockchain OGs who I've known as long as I've been in this space. We even had a pie together once after a conference at Paris a few years back. I think fundamentally for me, there's, there's three at the moment that are stopping widespread adoption. I think the first one is in relation to UX. So I think the user experience, pretty one, anyone's aware if they've used MetaMask or any, any DAP is pretty chunky. So... How do we solve that UX problem? I think we had really good examples of people looking to solve that last year, like Trustware. But I guess, you know, how can we focus on other areas, whether they're B2B or B2C in the next year, I think would be really interesting. So that for me is, is still a key one. I think linked to that pretty clearly is identity, because if you have a self-sovereign identity or some form of a verified uh, credential across different chains and different ecosystems, I feel like that's going to be a good way to connect and ensure that that UX isn't clunky going from Algorand into ETH, into Solana and back into another chain. So I feel like identity, which can be cross-chain, is something which if people are focusing on would be a really interesting one as well. And then I feel like it's quite funny now. <laughs> We've gone from private chains to public chains. We're now seeing a lot of private chains again. And now we're seeing people building across different ecosystems. So you know, fundamentally for things like central bank digital currencies and stable coins to actually take off, we need to have a level of interoperability across different blockchain ecosystems. So I think people who are looking to solve that by bridging or other mechanisms like minting and burning and other pieces, I think would be really interesting. So I think those for me would be the three. Next up is Ari Yu, who is co-founder and co-chair at the U.S. Blockchain Coalition, a coalition of state blockchain associations, organizations, and influencers across the country cooperating together to ensure the United States is a leader in blockchain, Web3, and distributed ledger technologies. She's also a startup founder, venture investor, and entrepreneur in residence, and by all means, she can command the room. 
Ari was recently on episode 235, so check that out for her full story. So far, it's all around digital identity. I've seen lots of digital identity solutions, and we've talked about the trust over IP frameworks, and there's the Web3, what is it, the W3C and DIDs, and I haven't really seen a good thing that brings everything together and solves this idea of digital identity across borders, across organizations, across cities. I think that's something that's really important. And then there's the idea of DAOs. I think like conceptually, it makes a lot of sense, but when you apply it practically, it's, it's still of a mess. And we need something that allows us to coordinate as people and as jurisdictions and as organizations and as regimes more eloquently. And we just don't have a good way of doing that right now. And so it's just that patchwork of random working groups and people getting together. And are these the right people that are in these working groups in the first place? And do they even know what they're doing? I'd say like 90% of them know. And so this is just a lot of burning hours and pomp and circumstance and resources being created that aren't really ready for showtime, right? And then, especially in this Web3 space, when I look at founders, I go, do they have all the ingredients or the capability to be the adult in the room, whether it's with their startup or a room full of lawyers, because they're going to have a room full of lawyers? Do, are they able to be the adult in the room and command attention and respect? And I'd say like 90% of founders that I meet in this Web3 space, I say no. Like, I, I don't believe that you are going to be able to command attention and respect from all the lawyers and the accountants and the government people and the letters from the three-letter agencies that are come your way eventually. Are you going to be able to command attention and respect? No. And then are you going to be able to command attention and respect from adults that you may hire? Like, you want to be always hiring better than yourself. But are they going to respect you or are they going to walk all over you? Now we'll hear from Jesus Inuma, Head of Strategy and Innovation at i13 Ventures, whose purpose is to create and back products and services grounded on first design principles for the new era of the web. Jesus is also an excellent mentor for the Techstars Web3 Accelerator. He and I first met back in 2018 when he was a startup founder in InsureTech, shortly before he fell in love with DeFi. You can listen to Jesus' story in full way back on episode 10. My top two things I would like to be solved in Web3 over the next years, they haven't changed that much, to be honest. I think the initial one will be founders in the Web3 space falling in love with the problem and not the technology. I know there has been some evolution in that particular space, but really understand the problem solving the space in terms of the opportunity, right, on on that problem and really doing their research, right, around that, their go-to-market strategy really uh, being very clear. The second one, in my opinion, I think we have to see more Web3 founders becoming more design-led, user experience-led companies, particularly in this space. But the back end is, is what it is. So we need to really make beautiful, simple user experiences to be able to onboard more customers uh, to the space. And the third one is on left field, but probably, you know, I'm very, very close to my heart. So I'd love to see more insurance capacity coming into this space. And by having more insurance capacity, they potentially could unlock more innovation. But also what we do is educate a new vertical. So institutional clients from the insurance reinsurance space 
which could potentially trial more products in the growing ecosystem as well. Top three tens. I keep an eye out still for that insurance capacity because we badly need it for even DeFi projects that are popping out. That needs to be solved uh, to, to really get scale, right, at the enterprise level. Appreciate the, the shout out to share my thoughts and I'll talk to you soon. Nevo Connell joins next and she's the enterprise and partnerships lead for the U.S. at Casper Labs, the first blockchain built specifically for business adoption. Neve is also one of the co-founders of BlockW, which is focused on fostering inclusivity and creating awareness of blockchain and other emerging technologies. Neve was one of the original team at Consensus in Dublin in 2018 before she moved to the U.S. with Casper Labs in 2021. So self-sovereign identity is hands down without any doubt at the top of my list. There's billions of people around the world without a formal identity. And so having a solution like this would be absolutely life-changing for these individuals. Having access, you know, to essential services like banking and healthcare, which wasn't possible for these individuals before, it would just be huge. You know, we're definitely making progress when it comes to the number of solutions that are under development. But I do think we are a couple of years out before we're going to have solutions that we're able to use on a daily basis. It's not an easy task. What's at hand here? You know, we need solutions that are not only secure and user friendly and scalable and also accessible across different devices and systems that, you know, we're, we're using today. What's kind of really linked to that then, secondly, I'd say is, is around regulation, particularly when it comes to identity as well. It's a particularly sensitive subject. Um, but regulatory bodies are grappling with how to approach blockchain. Yes, we're seeing, obviously, a lot of progress made on the crypto asset regulation side of things, which is great. Um, and in some places more than others. But yeah, when it comes to then just blockchain generally, you know, governments, this is taking them naturally time to establish regulations to balance, you know, innovation, but then also user protection of different applications that's outside financial services. And so that naturally is going to affect the timeline then as well of identity solutions that are, are going to be widespread and available. And so then thirdly, the last point linked to that then really is around, you know, open standards. Again, we need open standards to enable developers to build more interoperable applications that are more user friendly. It would be, you know, awesome to be in a, a place where we have these applications that are so easy to use and set up and, and download, just like it is, you know, with Apple products today. They're so simple to assemble. If we're able to get to that when it comes to these type of dApps, uh, that would be amazing. And then, you know, you're actually able to also ensure and safeguard against your digital assets. Next up is Prashant Swaminathan, partner at Woodstock Fund, a thesis and research-driven fund investing in early and growth stage Web3 companies and protocols. I met Prashant recently thanks to an intro from the force of nature that is Techstars Web3 mentor J.D. Salbago. Thanks, J.D., and Prashanth is jumping in as a mentor for Techstars Web3 in 2024. I'm just thinking of areas which have large addressable markets where there is potential for, say, 
10x improvement on the incumbency. It's true to the ethos of Web3 and also does real value add to the uh, user base, either retail or institutional. So my first theme here would be the intersection of AI and Web3. So as we have seen, OpenAI has taken off massively, but it's also obviously quite centralized, right? So if, if we can use Web3, in AI models going forward, where we use crowdsourced data sets with an incentive layer and where we can use blockchain for authentication of data and also the outputs. I think I think it will just make these LMs and models m- much more secure and it will be easier to identify the ownership and authenticity of uh, the outputs as well. So I think that is one area which could really be worked upon because AI is not going anywhere and clearly AI overlapping with Web3 makes it a lot more powerful than AI as a standalone. The second area is the overlap of DeFi, which is decentralized finance and RWA, which is real world assets. So we know that DeFi as a technology has proven itself as limited the necessity of intermediaries in financial instruments and it's highly programmable, right? Now, if you can combine that with real world assets and provide real world use cases, such as say uh, using stable coins and last mile ramps to provide on-chain credit to uh, small and medium businesses and enterprises or um, provide on-chain credit or investment opportunities to the gig economy. I think, I think that just makes uh, the technology so much more powerful in addressing real world cases. And I think, I think everyone knows that the credit crunch for SMEs or SMBs is a multi-trillion industry and the gig economy is also I guess at least a billion people plus in the world so these are like large addressable markets to be built upon and there is no you know they, they do struggle to find credit and investment products in the real world but DeFi as a technology and using stable coins and on-ramps off-ramps I think can provide a massive impetus to these sections of the society. It allows for transferring capital on-chain which I believe is both 10x fast and cheaper than incumbent TradFi methods. So I think this is the second opportunity that we can look upon. The third and final is slightly more generic, but uh, something I like like to call as the application layer. Now, again, there are a lot of applications we see already in Web3, but I think uh, most of them serve very small communities. I think what we should be focusing on is areas where um, there are a significant amount of users and where a Web3 application can provide a meaningful improvement over its Web2 incumbent, not just existing Web3 apps, right? So it has to be providing meaningful improvement over Web2 applications. Meaningful is, again, you know, at least in my mind, is a 10x improvement either in cost or service or experience or or a similar type of metric that the users would appreciate. So the sectors I'm thinking of here are GambleFi, social fi or gaming right all, all of these three sectors gambling social interactions slash social media or gaming are all huge industries hundreds of billions of dollars worth industries globally they're all can easily come on chain and uh, users across the globe can participate in these networks like they do in their web 2 equivalents but web 3 if created with easy ux and a strong go-to market can provide the type of incentives which can help users to transpose from Web 2 onto Web 3, right? And that is the area I think we should be focusing on. These are the sectors I think applications can really do well in the next cycle. So that that would summarize my three top areas. So to reiterate again, number one is intersection of AI and Web 3. Number two is intersection of DeFi and real-world assets. And number three is the application layer focused on GambleFi, SocialFi, or gaming. Thank you. Sean Lee is up next, and he's the Senior Advisor and APAC Policy Lead at the Crypto Council for Innovation. 
a global alliance of crypto industry leaders that are advocating for the responsible and healthy regulations in the digital asset industry. The one and only Niall Dennehy, who is a Techstars alum, co-founder of AidTech, Techstars Web3 mentor, a super connector, and our 11th Money Never Sleeps guest and our number one fan, introduced Sean and me last year. We hit it off right away. Sean has been on episodes 201 and 238, and he is the former head of Algorand and one of the most helpful and energetic Techstars Web3 mentors we've got. Building a Web3 business does not mean you have to launch a token. I don't know why there's this misconception that, oh, it has to be, there has to be a token because the token is going to drive a community ownership mentality and this and that. If you're building a blockchain network, that makes sense, right? Because you are creating almost like in your own economy. And within your own economy, you need a unit of, of transfer that actually allows you to facilitate these value transfers that you're talking about before. But that doesn't mean you need a token for every Web3 project. And I think there's a misconception out there that you need to do so. So I consistently tell people now, if you're going to create a token, you better darn sure you can explain exactly what that token is, number one. Number two, you better be sure that you do not explain to people that your business model is only hinging on the token going in one direction. That is not a business model, right? It doesn't matter what it is. That is not a business model, right? So if you don't need to create a token, but you're creating a Web3 business, you are transferring value one way or another, depending on what, the, what that is, and you don't necessarily need the token, yeah. why create it? I, I understand why the allure of doing it, right? We've all seen the last four or five years of all of these crazy projects and what could go... If it goes well, what could mean for the founders? That's not sustainable. And I think time and time again, don't create something for the sake of creating it because that is not the right yeah. way to do it. Also contributing her thoughts is Clarice Hagej, founder and CEO at Defense, who provide Web3 wallets as APIs. Clarice is also a Techstars grad and an excellent Techstars Web3 mentor. Here's what Clarice had to say. What we need in Web3 is real-life use cases. Today, there are quite a bit of infrastructure solutions for engineers to build. What we're missing is use cases where you don't talk about Web3 or NFTs or crypto. The tech is here, and it's completely possible to build an embedded Web3 app to solve real problems. Remittance, banking the unbanked, cash-trapped for large corporations, product passports, tokenization use cases with new distribution channels, amongst others. Thanks so much for that, Clarice. And you can listen to Clarice's story and that of defense on episode 202. Finally, we'll finish with the inimitable Luke Kerner, who is the founder of the Crypto Oracle Collective, a decentralized Web3 advisory firm and also the DAO for Crypto Mondays, which is the largest crypto meetup in the world with active chapters in 54 cities. Take it away, Lou. So, yeah, I, I think personally, I, I always joke that I, I think that the, the most important word in the English language is balance. And I don't think you can ever get balance, right? So I think more about where I want to be out of balance. You know, one of those places I want to be out of balance is I want to make too many mistakes. I think that the vast majority of people massively overestimate the cost of making mistakes and they're scared of making mistakes. And I think mistakes is how you do your best learning. 
is when you make mistakes and you learn what not to do. <laughs> and yeah, and I wish that, you know, I think more founders could benefit by making more mistakes. That does it for this week, folks. Thanks to John Hallahan, Ari Yu, Jesus Inema, Neve O'Connell, Prashant Swaminathan, Sean Lee, Clarissa Gej, and Luke Kerner for answering my big question on what they'd like to see solved in Web3. Links for all of our guests and how to get in touch with them are listed in the show notes on our website, moneyneversleeps.ie. Also, we're back with our new newsletter, and you can subscribe to it on our website for more insights on each episode and details on media and events that bring everything to life. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify as it helps others to find the show. Thanks to Conan Brophy from Create Sound for mixing and editing this episode. Conan is an excellent media man to get in touch with when you're thinking about launching your own podcast. As for me, I'm an early stage startup investor focused on where fintech meets crypto and crypto meets Web3, and I lead the Techstars Web3 Accelerator. Applications for our 2024 class are open now, so hop on over to techstars.com slash accelerator slash Web3 to apply. Also, there are plenty of links in the show notes on moneyneversleeps.ie on how to get in touch, so don't hesitate to reach out. Finally, till next time, thanks for listening. See ya! Money never sleeps, pal.